Yeah. Okay. Wow. This is fun. You guys got some energy. Uh, man, first challenge of the semester. I'm so glad that to, to be here. I'm so glad that you are here. And this is a great opportunity just for you to just to learn more, to connect with some great people, and maybe just to take one more step in your relationship with God. And even if you're kind of on the fence, you're, maybe you're kind of in the back there, you're trying to figure out, am I going to stay for this whole thing? Uh, I encourage you, no matter who you are here, you are welcome here. I, I encourage you, you, can, you belong here. And there's people that want to get to know you, to meet you, uh, because you're valuable to us. You're important to us and to God. And like Matt said, my name is David, and I'm the director of challenge here. And so, and I was actually a student here. I graduated a couple years ago. And, and like I was saying, perhaps you've been walking in with God for a long time. And perhaps like you're still kind of feeling out that area. You're trying to explore that. No matter what, whatever the case, you are welcome here, right? And so what you can expect at Tuesday nights for challenge for our large group meetings is a fun atmosphere. You can expect God's truth from his word, from the Bible. You can expect good music, hopefully, I think, and, and great friends, right? There's awesome people for you to connect with by being here every Tuesday. So I encourage you to make that, this a part of your week. We're going to be somewhere at 8 p.m. every Tuesday uh, this semester. So I really encourage you to, to jump into those. You, are, you belong here, and you are accepted here. Full stop. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to just ask God to be a part of us, this time with us, and then we'll get into the rest of this. So pray with me. Father, thank you so much for every soul that is present here, that is within earshot of me. Lord, you have, you have a plan for each one of us. I pray that you would make that plan clear to us and, and make it clear to each one of us what our next step is, what we need to do to get closer to you, to understand more of what it means to follow you. And I pray that no matter where each one of us is at in our spirituality or in our walk with you, God, I pray that we would all just take away something unique and that your spirit would move in our midst tonight as we just choose to, to lean in and to, to see, see what, it, what this all means in terms of following you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Okay, so... It's a new semester, right? It's a new, maybe this is a whole new experience for you, being a part of, if you are a freshman or a transfer, if you just got to Chico State, for the, if this is your first semester, raise your hand. All right, look at all you. This is awesome. Give them, a, give them a round. Give them some applause. That's right. Yeah, so today is the second day of classes here, right? And how are those going, guys, so far? We're not really sure. Not really sure, but it's as of now, we just started, we just kicked it off. You have a clean slate, right? You have some choices to make in terms of okay, what am I going to make the, the most important things in my college career, honestly? What am I going to make the most important things for this semester? And I want to encourage you to choose some important things that are going to make the difference, not just for your college career, but honestly, for the rest of your life. And so maybe you have some goals that you want to achieve that are hopefully going to help you to experience life to the full. Maybe you're over here thinking, okay, I, if I can get these good grades and pass all these classes really well and prove my excellence before people, 
uh, then, then I'm going to be happy. I'm going to experience life to the full. Or maybe you're here, you're, you're starting your semester, and you just want to party. You want to have a great time. You want to be the life of the party. You want to meet a bunch of people and be popular. Maybe that is your definition, your personal definition of success, of achieving something with your life, or at least with the next four years of your life. And then maybe you're here, you're trying to find the one. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're, you're in college, you're looking around. Okay, and I think, I think this was me, honestly. When I was going to school, I was just like, man, I, I was such a hopeless romantic. I just wanted to, I'd watch too many movies, you know, that were <laughs> telling me some weird things about how, what it means to fall in love with somebody. And it, it landed me in some strange positions where I was really seeking something that could never satisfy and, and by now, I've gotten married, I've, I've found a wife, and it's great, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Woohoo! go for that, yeah. Um, but it didn't happen the way I had expected, and it, it is not the thing that, that makes my life turn, no. It is my relationship with God in terms of how, how I experience life to the full. So I want you to experience life to the full in college and for the rest of your life. And, and I want to just kind of share how we might be able to do that beyond just these surface-level things of grades, of popularity, of, of finding the one, whatever the case may be for you. But we have a problem. We have a problem, and that is our brokenness. We're, we're broken by nature. We're broken by two things specifically. I have a handout for you that you might have gotten on your way in, and... Uh, there's some blanks there. If you'd like to fill it out, it's totally up to you. And that first blank there, you can put down with your pen that we're broken by life's circumstances. This is just an inescapable fact of life. We are broken by the circumstances that we find ourselves in. We're broken by, honestly, maybe you found that, you know, other people that you trusted maybe have betrayed you in some way or have affected you or broken you in some way or maybe just some other affliction that you've experienced in your life, or mental or emotional distress or disability. These are all the effects of a broken world that we live in, full of broken people who do, who do hurtful things to each other. And so we have all been affected by that in certain ways, in ways that we might not have been able to control, and that's really hard to deal with. And so we're... we're affected. We're broken by life's circumstances. And we're also broken by our own sin. That's the second blank. What is sin? Sin is things that separate us from God. We could get into a whole understanding, okay, what does it mean? But we have a, maybe a basic understanding, right, of morality, of good and bad. And there are some things that we can learn from God's word that, about what that means. But the reality is, and we all understand it deep down inside, that we're, that we're guilty, that we have a problem of, of sin. We're broken by our own sin. In fact, each one of us is sad, S-A-D. This isn't written down anywhere, but you can if you want. But we're, we're, we're selfish, right? Deep down inside of you is this desire, I want what I want. Not only are we selfish, we're also arrogant, meaning I deserve it. I want what I want, and I deserve it. Selfish and arrogant. And then, to top it all off, we're damaging. Selfish, arrogant, and damaging. Meaning that I want what I want, and I deserve it. And I'm willing to hurt other people to get it, actually. 
And you might not feel like that, that really describes you, but, but honestly, this is something that is deep within the human heart that causes, that has, but plays a role in the brokenness. We contribute to the brokenness in our world by our own sin, by our own selfishness, by our own choices to, to put our own interests before other people, and so many other things. And in Romans 3.23, opening up the Bible, it's written down on your sheet. Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've all sinned. We have all broken ourselves in the way that we have chosen to, to make choices. Okay, so I've covered a lot of bad news here. I don't, I don't, I'm not trying to start on a bummer, but we kind of have to start somewhere with this understanding of this series, Broken, Restored, right? And so God has a response. God has a response to our brokenness. This is where the good news begins. And so Jesus bore, Jesus, he was fully God and fully man. He was sent to earth in order to save us from our brokenness. And so he bore two things. He bore our circumstantial brokenness. So he experienced these problems that you and I experience. And in Psalm 119.50, it says, This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. See, God wants to comfort you in your affliction if you would let him, if you would let him in. And so even though we can't escape all of the brokenness of our world, we can be comforted by him. We can find rest in him. And it says, your promise gives me life. There are so many promises in God's word that we can claim, that we can rely on as we trust in him. And one of those promises is found, uh, is stated by Jesus in Matthew 11, he says this, Come to me, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He's basically saying, you know, you're broken, you're in need of, of healing, of restoration. But, but come to me and I can give you rest from the, these circumstances, these things, these problems that have got you down your whole life. Jesus bore our circumstantial brokenness. He also bore our sinful brokenness. And so he bore our sinful brokenness. This means something so much deeper, in fact, than what we just looked at. And in Isaiah 53, this is a book written by a prophet named Isaiah who lived hundreds of years before Jesus. But he, pro- he prophesied this about him, about Jesus, who, who died on the cross for our sins. Isaiah wrote this, but he was pierced for what? Our transgressions, our sins. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him, and by his wounds, we are healed. We are healed. We all, like sheep, have gone astray, and each of us has turned to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And so what we read here is that Jesus had to be broken in order to pay our price, our punishment. Jesus had to be broken, even though he led a sinless life. And in 2 Corinthians 5.21, it says, God made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that we might become the righteousness of God. We need that righteousness imparted to us, implanted in us in order to 
be able to follow God in order to be restored to the way that he wants us to be. And so that is God's response to our brokenness, these two things, Jesus bearing these, these things for us. And so, but we have to do something about it. Our response to him. What is our response to Jesus? There's two things. The first of these is on a blank there, is, is a blank there, brokenness. So <laughs> brokenness is the first response that we need to have, which seems incredibly comp- contradictory in light of what I just said about our brokenness and how we're already broken. But the reality is, is that you and I need to first acknowledge the fact that we are broken in order for restoration to occur. If we're ignorant to the fact that we're in need of that healing, that restoration, then we can't experience the life change that he wants to to make happen inside of you. And this brokenness that I'm talking about here is different than the brokenness of a fallen world, the brokenness of your sin. We're talking about a brokenness of heart for what we've done against God. In Psalm 51, a man did, it was a great man in the Bible. He wrote this psalm, this song, but he did some incredibly bad things as well. And he writes this song as a response to that in humility by laying himself out and going, hey, I, I messed up. I need your forgiveness. I need your restoration. Psalm 51, 17 says, the sacrifices of God, the things that honor God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. And so we need the humility. I need the humility to admit that I'm broken, to admit that I've sinned and that I am in need of his restoration. I, there's nothing I can do to earn it or to, to change my circumstances except to humble myself before him and let him do the work in me. And in Romans 6.23, on your handout, it says, For the wages of sin is death. We all deserve death. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God, the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. And so we need to come to a place of brokenness, of humility before him in order to get this place of, no, of our destitution before God, saying, I, I bring nothing to the table. I'm in need of your forgiveness. And this leads us into in, uh, the second response, and that is repentance versus brokenness, then repentance. Now, repentance means a turning, to turn from one thing to another, 180 degrees. And so we need to practice repentance. We don't... Need, we need to be more than just broken over our sin, but we need to make some changes. But thankfully, he provides us the strength to, to make these changes. That's good news. And in Ephesians 4 in the Bible, it says this, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. Pause. The, the person who writes this, he's talking about a, a previous life that these people were living that he's writing to. But he's saying, hey, this is what you experienced and, but it's very instructive for what we can understand about our brokenness and our need for restoration and repentance. You were taught with regard to a former way of life to put off your old self, 
which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. To be made new in the attitude of your minds and to put on the new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. So he has the power to change you, but you need to put yourself out there in a repentant heart. And this is something I've seen in my life. As I, as I gave my life to Jesus a while ago when I was a child, and he, he has changed me from the inside out. And there are things since then along my walk with God that he has significantly changed, and I am no longer in a state of shame and insecurity about what other people think of me. This is something that God has, has worked in my heart as he has chosen to use me in other people's lives, as he has chosen to, to transform me into something that you wouldn't recognize 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And so the result of all these things that I can bear witness to, but the result that we see from God's word says this. John 5, 24 says, I tell you the truth, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be condemned. He has crossed over from death to life. He's crossed over from brokenness to restoration, to wholeness. This is what we as human beings are in desperate need of. He provides that opportunity. And in order to give your life to him, it is as easy as ABC, as, as they say. A is admit, like I was saying earlier. We need to admit, we need to understand, I am broken and I can't heal myself. I need his forgiveness. I need his restoration in me. Admit, B is believe. I need to believe that this is something that God has done for me. He's done for every person. If we would just believe him, if we would just choose to understand and to learn more about him. And as we admit, we believe, C is commit. Admit, believe, commit. And so we need to commit ourselves to him through repentance and through entrusting him and trusting our lives to him because ultimately he has a better plan for you than you ever will, in fact. Because as Jesus says in John 10.10, 10, the last verse there, I have come, Jesus says, that they may have life and have it to the full. Do you want to experience life to the full in college? Restoration through Jesus enables you, is the only thing that will enable you to experience life to the full in college. It's the only thing that will enable you to experience life to the full in, in your life. And so I want to implore you to consider these truths. And if you need more information, if you need to come to a better understanding of what all these things mean, I encourage you to indicate that. There's a connection card that we'll fill out sometime soon here. But in the meantime, I want us to take a moment and provide us with the opportunity to give our life to Christ right now by admitting that we have sinned against him, that we are broken, by believing, by putting our trust in him, and by see committing our lives to him. So I'm going to pray, and if you would like to pray along with me, if you would like to acknowledge your brokenness before God and repent of your sin, I want to invite you 
to silently pray along with me. I'll provide some space for you to say it in your heart to God. You can pray along with me as I pray. God, thank you for loving me and for sending Jesus to bear my brokenness. I am sorry for living for myself and sinning against you. You have made a way for me to be restored. I choose to trust you with my life so that I can receive your gift of salvation and restoration. Lead me to live for you during my college experience and beyond. In Jesus' name, amen.